Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run.Down post-game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I'm Sam. I'm joined by Schwinn and Tyrese. Um, Knicks lose, 128-124. First defeat since acquiring OG and Anobi. First defeat in the new year. Um, snapping our four-game win streak. Um, oh, it's five game? Yeah. You should know that foot fetish FBL. Okay, <laughs> it's too early in the show to be going off the rails already. Um, but anyways, before we get into all that, um, all the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs already passing by. Um, BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including all news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts um yeah i mean from the beginning of this game um there was just a lack of urgency on the knicks part um and that kind of continued up until i mean you can even say to the last possession basically like even with that whole situation of um needing to get a rebound over um josh green and whoever else it was or it was just josh green right basically yep and we couldn't get a rebound, and like that kind of encapsulated, I think, tonight the Knicks' overall effort. Um, what also encapsulated their effort is the lack of steals I see in the box score from our our usual steals and blocks from our usual suspects. Um, that's what's that's something that stuck out to me at least. OG and Anobi, no steals tonight. Um, Hartenstein, no blocks tonight. Um, but you know those those two they're usually in. Those those are usually their stats where they get their where they make their money, um, but yeah, I mean Brunson had a weird start to the game. Still ended up with thirty. Um, Randall kind of took things over in that um, third quarter. Just a very weird game. I don't like these Dallas games in Dallas. And here's I see someone here who was it? Um, Nick's tape. He says something about Dallas and rebounding. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, on a night where like, they have no Luca, they have no lively, they have no Exum who Tyrese discovered is a good basketball player recently. Um, you know, it's kind of disappointing that we couldn't get this win. Um, I feel like I was writing checks for the Knicks before this game that they couldn't cash for me on Twitter. Um, oh, but- well, they could cash your fucking parlays. <laughs> Dog. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's get into, um, you guys' individual thoughts about this game. Um, Tyrese, you're closer to um, this Texas area, so why don't you start? God, man. <laughs> I fucking hate... I. Why the fuck did we wait until the final five minutes to, to double try. team the only motherfucker who can dribble on that team? I don't... I, I, I do not understand the thought process of, oh, we're going to just put OG and an OB on him. And, like, I get it. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league. But clearly that wasn't working after the first quarter. So there was just no pivot. But So Kyrie Irving, um, he's, like, pretty good at basketball, even though he's insane. <laughs> and sometimes when you play a really good player, um, your plan, your initial plan might not work. And so usually it's, like, a good idea to, like, change it up and throw different stuff at them instead of just continuing to do the plan while it's not working. And um, when he did deviate from the plan, um, 
it actually worked. The Knicks cut a, I think they were down 20 with about 8.32 left. They had it as a one-point game with 106 left when they started trapping Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't really think it's that hard. Like, yeah, we can sit here and talk about the refs and rebounding and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks effort level was not at the top of its game tonight. They still should have won this game with like some basic tactical shifts. They probably win this game pretty easily. Um, like I understand. Okay, fine. The first half, you just come out and you're like, fine, we're just going to do this thing. You come out. Okay. They start, you, you fucking come out at the start of the second half and you're still doing the same thing. It's the offense is still the same or sorry, the defensive execution on Kyrie is basically the same thing. Um, they switched a little bit more, but even when they switched, it was still no help was coming. So you effectively were just leaving whoever was on Kyrie at various points on an Island. And guess what? That didn't work. Kyrie Irving's one of the best ISO scorers in the league. He has been for a long time. He's also a great pick and roll player. Like you let him get shots that he's good at. And um, yeah, look, uh, I, sometimes you might dare somebody to beat you in ISO and they might not do it. And that's a pretty, that's an okay play because ISOs in general are not high value shots. So I get trying it, but I don't get us waiting as long as he did to, to deviate from that. And I also just think, the precious stuff is ridiculous. Like he's not a fucking five, dude. He he like this every like the, you're just seeing why I, I really like I just can't see us actually winning a championship with Ty, Tom Thibodeau as I, I don't know why I was about to call him Tyrone Thibodeau. That's insane. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau. You're you're not gonna do it with Tom Thibodeau as your head coach because like he's so fucking married to the idea of having a five on the floor that he's now convinced himself that precious is like a true five or something and even when you're playing a team like the mavericks like they dead ass had fucking marcus moore is it marcus moore no they have marquee Morris. they he, they dead ass had fucking marquee Morris at the five in the first half they were doing that in the first half that was a real fucking lineup they threw out there and then he had grant williams for long stretches of the fourth quarter at the five and at no point of this game, or not just in the fourth quarter, in the second half, but at no point in this game did Tibbs think to himself, you know what? It's probably Randall the five. Let me go Randall the five. Let me go. And and because he doesn't do that, you end up with asinine shit like Precious Achua getting more minutes in a game than Quentin Grimes. And sure, it's cool that Precious Achua was a plus three tonight and he didn't play awfully or anything. Like he was okay. Um, he did have an amazing turnover after making a great steal, uh, which was really an incredible decision. Um, but like, it, it, again, it's if he like, so he like he tr he always conflates stuff because he said something like the other day. I mean, he's he said this multiple times this year, but he's talked about like net rating is the thing that he he like he cares about the most, um, and. Like in general, that's fine. And uh, I don't know if I always, I don't think he applies it consistently. That's very clear. But like, I don't like if Precious Achua, like, what is the point of playing Precious Achua 16 minutes tonight? I, I like don't, I want to understand this because those minutes were not fundamentally like, yeah, plus three and 16 minutes. I, I think anybody that was watching that game, did you guys feel like, oh, Precious is having an impact out here? I just thought he was no. okay. Like, he didn't fuck up. He was just a know? guy out yeah. there. Yeah, he, he was okay. And I'm not saying Grimes played great, you know, but like I know that Grimes has had games where he can win you or at least help you win the game. And because he has to have a five on the floor at all times, Precious Achua played more than Quentin Grimes purely because 
Isaiah Hartenstein was in foul trouble in the third quarter. That's it. It's not about a matchup. It's not about what lineup he thinks is best. It's not about anything. And also, it's amazing that you can play Julius Randle 37 minutes tonight and Jalen Brunson 39 minutes tonight and still start the fourth quarter and play three minutes and 18 seconds without either of them on the floor. Bro, that drove me insane because, like, like, I understand trying to give Deuce a chance, but, like, man, those minutes of him and Josh Hart and Grimes playing catch on the perimeter with Isaiah Hart and Zan mixed in there, it's just like, what are we doing? We're down by 20. Like, are you trying to win the game or, like, are you trying to, like, give deuce charity minutes like i just i i and honestly the deuce thing was insane like he picked up two fouls in the first half so then he just didn't play him the entire second quarter and and then like and it's i had multiple people like well deuce picked up two fouls deuce plays 12 fucking minutes (laughs) like is he he's not in foul trouble he's not gonna foul out and if he does who who gives a shit if he does foul out tibbs doesn't even give a shit obviously like it's just and he won't use he now has like gone back to this thing of like so I guess for some reason, quickly was like a two position player, but Deuce is now like, but like, so it's weird. Like Deuce was a two when you'd use him previously when quickly was here, but now that quickly is gone, Deuce is the backup point guard, but also he can never play at the two now next to Brunson. So therefore he only gets the minutes when Brunson sits. It's, it's like, I genuinely have no, I don't, there's no consistency to the logic of, of various things. And, um, Again, like, I don't want to turn this whole thing into, like, uh, this is why I hate Tibbs, but, like, games, mm, like, worry, games like this are exactly why I, like, when he, like, ooh, is it Chris that asked him, right, uh, at a press conference after the OG trade about, like, oh, uh, you know, using Randall to five and blah, blah, blah. And he said all these wonderful things. Oh, he yeah. Josh Hart a lot. Yeah, OG, <laughs> OG is here, and he's like, yeah, you know, we have options now, blah, 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 blah. He's run it for, like, a minute and a half or something in the entire time that we had OG. And tonight, again, it's a game. Like, I get it when you play a team like Minnesota. It's a big team, right? Like, I get why you don't play small against them, right? That's fine. I get why, you know, if things are rolling, fine. Things are rolling. You don't want to mess with whatever you're doing. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll live with that. But in a game like tonight where, one, especially, you know, look, towards the end of that game, right, you're trapping and you're doing like all these kind of aggressive things. And Hardenstein was really good. So I'm not saying like never have a five on the floor, but like to not attempt a small lineup at all, again, especially when you're trapping and doing all these things and, and asking guys to make longer rotations and, and recover and all this stuff. Like I just find that crazy. And, and I, I think it's a real limiting factor. And I think it's something that like, I don't know. I mean, Aside from teams that have like superstar centers, you know, like uh, Jokic or Embiid or whatever, almost every team has a lineup that they go to at times that is five out, you know? Um, like the fucking Lakers have been using LeBron at center under multiple coaches now for years. Like they did it with Frank Vogel. They they do it now at Darvin Ham. I'm not, and I'm not, again, I'm, the point isn't like doing it just to do it also isn't good, but there are situations and matchups where you can go to it and maybe you should go to it. And tonight was one where I I just, I thought from the jump of this game, like this is definitely a game where you can at least try it out, see what happens. And like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to go down 20. Okay. Like, guess what? It happened anyway. So um, yeah, just, just kind of frustrating to me when, yeah, I I don't know. Like, Like, again, 
Precious was this was Leonard. Precious was three for three, six boards in sixteen minutes, and he played a minute more than Grimes in his heart. Grimes should have gotten minutes over. It can be both. It can be all the things. Like, yeah. The point is, first of all, he's using Josh Hart at the two for a bunch of these minutes for whatever fucking reason because he's gotten in his head now that size is all that matters and like, and and they and they played well in a couple of games against fucking like the Bulls and you know fucking Washington or whatever. And apparently that proves everything. But like, you okay? One, yes, I agree. Play Grimes more than Hart. Two. I would like to see Josh Hart. It doesn't need to be Josh Hart. Like, it can be Randall. It can be fucking OG Ananobi. It can be Grimes, DiVincenzo, Brunson. Like, they had lineups that was like Josh Green at three. Josh Green is literally Grimes' size. <laughs> He's quite literally Grenton Grimes' size. So, like, the lack of creativity and willingness to just try things. And, yes, like, the Josh Hart stuff is ridiculous. For him to play 23 minutes tonight is absurd. And he's bricking – like – I mean, some of these threes he's taking, like, I, I don't know. Can somebody, like, they need to get him in, like, they need to install a fucking phone booth in Westchester in the corners <laughs> and make him shoot from the fucking phone booth so that he can't, like... Lean sideways every single time. And, like, fucking, like, it's like, dude, dude thinks he's in, like, fucking Fat Joe video, man. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Jesus Christ. Just go up straight. Good fucking God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, um, that the beginning of that fourth quarter was something that definitely annoyed me. Um, Tyro Thibodeau sounds like Tyrese's boomer alter ego. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tyrese, you should, you should steal that now. You should go on the timeline as Tyrone Thibodeau during some games. Is Tyrese even still here? Yeah, He's I'm muted. here. I'm here. You're okay. muted. You're Sorry muted. What do you want me to say, Tyrone Thibodeau? Ice, nigga, ice. Like, (laughs) 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 oh man, but yeah, I mean, Thibs Thibs has these. Like, see, this is my situation. This is this is my biggest problem with Thibs. Um, that you've kind of encapsulated in a large rant is that versus teams that are going to be just a little bit that much more creative and they're that are going to make you like try to they're going to make you want to try things but Thibs is the coach that's going to revert to his old ways every single time when he gets pressured in these situations like these games that we were blowing out teams comfortably you didn't see a lot of these um these thorns that we see with Thibs but like when teams really put the pressure to us that's when he really reverts to his his old ways, um, or at least they show that much more. Um, and, I mean, you know, yeah, like I mean, his obsession with Josh Hart is like the perfect thing. Like John Larry just said, kind of have a conversation about Josh Hart. He's been a below average NBA player this year. Defense hasn't been elite. Play Grimes more. Um, yeah, look, I, I know like the net rating for him right now probably looks awesome. Um, I think he's gotten fortunate with the lineups he's played in more so than how effective he himself has been. Uh, he's had some really monstrous games, but for the most part of this year, I agree. He's just not been consistent. And um, like, I don't know. I'm just, just to kind of speak to this point, like coming into tonight's game, this hasn't updated yet. Uh, Josh Hart uh, by EPM. He's in the 25th percentile in offensive EPM. And he's only in the 64th percentile in defensive EPM. He's 34th in the 34th overall percentile in EPM. That's bad. Obviously, 34th percentile is not good. Um, as Sam, as a teacher, could tell you, that's a bad grade. Um, yes. And, like, he's just not – I mean, 
Today was the guy fucking knocked the ball away from Julius twice on the glass on the defensive glass, and then he did it again on the offensive glass in the fourth oh quarter. Oh my god! And I'm like, I'm actually surprised. Like honestly, this is how like whatever you want to say about Julius Knight and, and I, he I, he. I was surprised that he didn't like yeah. freaking like knock because, him out. <laughs> yeah, let, let me tell you, like I, you can say whatever you want. Like Julius, Julius did not bring his A game to start for sure. The defense was very bad to start this game. But I was like shocked, shocked that Randall did not just fucking lose it on Josh Hart. Like it was because the one of them, the one with like Grant Williams, where they both are there. And then for some reason, Josh tries to like rip the ball. And then Grant Williams ends up on the ground and gets it. I was just like, are you fucking serious, bro? Like I was like, man, you're so lucky you're not quickly, dude, because I know Julius would have lost his mind on him. But like it's just it's. But so yeah, like once again, like actually credit to to Julius Randall uh, for somehow keeping restraining himself because I certainly was not restraining myself on my couch. Um, it was I don't know this Josh Hart thing. It, it's like again, so tonight he plays twenty three minutes. He's a minus eleven. Grimes fifteen minutes minus eight. Uh, Divincenzo thirty minutes minus six. So it's nice to see Divincenzo get more minutes than Josh Hart. Honestly, I think he could have gotten even more. Grimes could have gotten more. Um, but the point being is like anybody literally could have gotten more than Josh yeah, Hart. And and he only had one defensive rebound tonight. So like not a particularly great defensive rebounding effort from him. He only he had three offensive rebounds, to be fair. Um, but like on a night where it was pretty obvious that Dallas was just like, we are not we're going to collapse on everything in the paint. And. You can either muscle your way through, which, you know, Julius obviously did multiple times. Brunson was able to do a few times. Or you can make the extra pass and kick out to shooters. In a game like this, to not understand that and either downsize or simply cut Hart's minutes is wild to me. Um, and again, like I genuinely believe there will be there will come a point in time, you know, be it in a cr- critical regular season situation or in the playoffs or something, where he is going to lean on Josh Hart in the dumbest possible moment, and it will cost us a game. That matters a lot. And this is why, like, I worry about this stuff now because it's not – look, I, I, I genuinely mean it's like they lost the fucking game tonight. Whatever, dude. Like, go look at some of the box scores in the NBA the last few days. Go look at some of the box scores tonight. Um, but, like, like, shit happens. The fucking Celtics lost to, like, the Hornets at one point this year. Okay? Like, they nearly lost to the fucking Pistons at home. Like, weird shit happens in the NBA regular season. That part doesn't worry – like, doesn't concern me. What – what concerns me is the actual underlying decision-making processes. And again, like, I mean, we talked about this a lot today in our discord where people were like, well, why are you still bringing up like shit he did two years ago, you know, with quickly to, to, and I'm like, because like, can we just rewind like two weeks ago or whatever the fuck it was, this guy was still starting. He was like starting Jericho Sims over Isaiah Hartenstein because he wanted to keep Hartenstein with the bench or something. And it took an injury to Jericho Sims to make him start Isaiah Hartenstein. Even though we knew, going back to last season, the Jericho Sims of the starter minutes have sucked. They sucked last year. They sucked again this year. And we knew and we know that Hartenstein with the starters is really good because he's really good. And even then, he he did not make that change until an injury forced it on him. And now Jericho Sims is healthy, right? This tells you how insanely like backwards his logic is. 
Jefferson was healthy. So this guy went from starting center when I when Mitchell Robinson was out to now DNPCD behind precious fucking Achua. Like that's how does that make sense? How the fuck does that make any sense? Like this is my issue. He he just approaches things in such a weird way, and then he won't deviate unless like things are forced upon him because of injuries or situations. And then he compounds stuff because of how rigid he is with how he views lineups. So it's like, I, oh, I have to have a, fl- I have to have a rim protector on the floor. Motherfucker, what rim is Precious Chua protecting? Like, is he protecting any rim? Maybe, maybe like ours when we're playing offense because they're not fucking defending him. Like, th- like he, like see, this man, no joke. Okay, he. This is the starting the lineup that started the fourth quarter was Deuce, Grimes, Josh Hart, uh, OG Ananobi, and uh, and Precious. We saw that like a few games ago, and it sucked. And I, and you know what? Like, there are some experiments. You want to make sure that it still sucks. <laughs> there, there, like, like this is what's so like. I, I, I tweeted like it was the 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 Philly game is the one where he played it and it was like not good. But they, you know, do hit a couple threes and their defense was really really locked in that day, so it, it, they were able to get by. But like, I when I said that after that game, people were like, "Yo, like, well, he's experimenting," and I'm like, some experiments are stupid, like. If you put out a lineup that has no shot creation, no dribble penetration, like how does that how, when you're what situ, in what situation are you ever like we really need to play this lineup where nobody can create offense? This is the this is it. This is the key to this specific situation. What fucking what what is the situation where that happens? Is it like you're up 40 and you yeah, just like, like want to like stall time? <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. So um it's it's like you know I, I don't understand that and then it's like but he'll experiment with that which is a dumb experiment and, and literally will not work over an extended sample but he will never experiment with downsizing and using Randall to five and and anybody that thinks like this is normal I mean if you look at Julius Randall I'm just gonna pull it up right now Julius Randall in his career prior to coming to the Knicks played five uh, a decent amount okay he played before coming to the Knicks. Okay, look, we, it, in the last four years under Tom Thibodeau, he's played four percent, seven percent, four percent, three percent of his minutes combined at the five. Prior to coming to New York, this is what his minutes were. Okay, I'm not going to count his rookie year because he played 14 minutes and then got injured. This is what it is. Okay, second year, 27 percent, third year, 33 percent, fourth year, 49 percent, fifth year, 26 percent. This is a guy who has played the he played the five a bunch in earlier seasons in his career when he's younger, and now he can't play the fucking five at all. I'm sorry, like the, the rigidity of of how Julius Randle is used and 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 just and then just how that trickles down to the rest of the roster, despite getting a chess piece like OG Ananobi, is very discouraging to me. I mean, it just proves all the things that we all anticipated, even if you get Thibs the right pieces, like. It doesn't matter because to him they're not the right pieces. They'll never be the right pieces. He'll like, always have some other excuse about why this is not the right piece to do this. He he's just a very frustrating coach because he's he's always like the way he presents information. Like I guarantee you, I this is why they're fucking idiots running around Twitter saying we need Daniel fucking Gafford. <laughs> yeah, we need Daniel Gafford because because he's seven feet tall. Like. You know, I would rather if there's like if you were gonna just get some big guy from Washington, get, I'd much rather have Kyle Kuzma than fucking Gafford. 
just because I'd be like, oh, okay, good. Like they they want to like they they want to like maybe put out some of these weird jumbo like three four five lineups without a true five. That's really cool. Like, but you know that like like what would probably happen is he'd probably like make Grimes situational, uh, use like Hart or Kuzma as like the backup two four and three. or something, or he just extend the rotation to ten guys. Like it's just. <sighs> It's just so, it's so. He'd funny. play Josh Hart back up too. He'd play Kuzma back up three. Like he'd well, do be, shit like that. It'd be really funny to hear him like talk about why Precious is a five, but Kuzma isn't. That would be really funny. <laughs> I would be interested in like good size, <laughs> length, switchability. Um, Jeff has joined us. Jeff, your thoughts on tonight's game? Um, that was shitty i guess you know it was it was unexpected i guess is the best word i can use back-to-back years of the maps game being shitty yeah last year it's just weird like i I forgot i forgot they could i forgot they could do that like i guess that's what playing i i I guess that's what playing the blazers and wizards does to you is i just thought they would crush teams forever you know especially a team missing luka Doncic, Derek lively you know three i hope people I hope people remember this game when we have the yearly Luca doesn't have enough conversation. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Obviously, no help. No help. He's a guy who could drop forty and thirty. At, he has two guys who could drop thirty-five plus at whim, basically. Well, Kyrie's usage is gonna drop immensely, and yeah. he'll struggle because his touches will be. I mean, somebody can record this. He's gonna. He's gonna quote unquote struggle. And people will be like, oh, Kyrie actually sucks. And it's like, or a guy who likes ball in his hands isn't used to not having ball in his hands. <laughs> NPC. <laughs> NPC says they could have won if we doubled Kyrie earlier in the game. Um, look, man, I, I, I'm with At you. At any I, point. I just, I'll never understand the idea of like, he, he's, he does this. And like, and then you'll like, remember in the Miami series, he just kept doubling Jimmy. And you're like, why are you doubling Jimmy? You don't need to. Jimmy double has Jimmy. one leg. You don't uh, need to double Jimmy. Yeah. And and I like there. The, he just he's so weird with how he chooses to do these things because I remember a few years ago there was that game where like Durant was absolutely on fucking fire. I think he had like fifty or something against us, and he wouldn't trap until like the last five minutes of the game. And it's just like, why are you waiting this long? Like, and it's like this is like I, I get it, man. That last possession where we're down one and they get three offensive rebounds. Yeah. It's frustrating, but guess what? The game didn't come down to that one possession. It didn't like you waited basically 42 to 43 minutes of game time to prioritize getting the fucking ball out of the one guy on their hand on their team, getting the ball out of the hands of the one guy on their team that could create and break down your defense and create all these open looks. And like, voila, uh magically you start getting stops you're you're able to get on transition a few times the lead is getting cut like it's not it's really just it didn't come down to the last that one possession it can't it it comes down to that because of the decisions and the play of your players like we don't need to divorce them from this either um over the previous 47 and so like yeah if randall had started the game wanting to do anything on defense if brunson had started the game not playing like a crackhead if you know if josh hart did anything um like like if if i don't know isaiah i thought hartenstein it took a while for him to get in the game and and start like kind of getting into it but there's there's all kinds of things that go into it but the and i i will always i repeated this forever like yes players have to own 
their performance, their own performance, 90% of it, 95% of it, whatever, the vast majority of it. A coach's responsibility is to control what he can control. And when you don't do that, and when you allow the margins to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink, like, this is what happens. You know, I, I, I bet you if the Knicks get this game into overtime, they probably win by like 10. Like, but you didn't get the game to overtime. And that's because of your approach over the full 48 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> if you um, change, if you change nothing, but Josh Hart doesn't try stealing that rebound from Julius Randle, they're up too. Yeah. We talked about that. That's, that's legitimately insane stuff. Um, Josh Hart. Um, do we think that, I mean, I, I think it's obvious, but like, I think, I think that like, because of the success that Dibs had in the, um, the Cleveland series that he is just like, you know what? Josh Hart full throttle all the way, all the time, no matter what. And like, like, that's the thing about him when he finds like even the sliver of, of success with something at least just once in a, in a key moment, he'll, he'll go with that no matter what, like that, that, that just becomes his default. Sam, what do you always call? I forget the word. I know the word, but I'm blanking out. What do you always call Tibbs when we used to talk about how he, like, he just can't seem to get fired even no matter what he does. You would always say he's something. He's Teflon. Yeah, that's Josh Hart in the rotation. Now. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's, like Rick, he's like Rick Ross, Teflon Don. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yep. like, like, Josh Hart deserves to be believed in. He was that good last season. He's been that good as a player in his NBA career. But, like, if Quentin Grimes can play 15 minutes on a night like tonight when he played well, then Josh Hart at this point in the season should have nights when he's playing like this where he can play 15 minutes too. Like, we have enough data that shows that Grimes at small forward works. We have OG Ananobi now who's playing 39 minutes a night. Nine minutes of Quentin Grimes playing small forward isn't going to kill you, Um, especially when he's playing this well and he's as good as defense as he is. Uh, he just he just has not been good this season at all. Um, I'm I'm been. waiting for I'm waiting for EPM to refresh here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it usually takes stunts and threes. Uh, so I just wanted to read a couple. Jordan Bob says whether refs are good, which they they were they weren't or not. But Tibbs cost us a game in which we really didn't need, but would really like to have. And he cost us a playoff series with his tactical decisions. Yeah, I mean, I don't even the thing is I don't know if he makes the opposite decision against Miami that you win the series. What I do know is that there was, he had tried the Josh Hart RJ thing enough that to go to that for so long in that game six was clearly a mistake. Um, this from Larry Israel, I would criticize tips for being afraid to challenge the Hartenstein foul, which should have been an offensive on grant. It was instead of three point play. Yeah. I mean, look, we, the thing is, it's a the thing is in the CBA, there's this little known rule uh, that says that, Tom Thibodeau can't challenge a play until the fourth quarter. Um, so it's an unfortunate he, reality. Uh, of this him game. and so many coaches in the league are really bad at this. Like you, you have a challenge, use it. Like, especially if like you have a chance to like swing the tides of momentum in your favor, like do it. I, I feel like it was Christmas day, Sam. I forget which day, which game it was. I think it was the Christmas game when they brought up a stat that was like, Tibbs had only challenged in two of the 27 games up to that point. And even like, I was shocked by like, like not shocked because I was like, yeah, I guess he doesn't ever challenge, but just like 
there has to be an analytics to somebody in the analytics department that's just like wait a second this is we're we're missing out on something here because it's literally a free roll like at a certain point in the game it's just a free roll I, I understand you lose a timeout when you lose so it's not technically a free roll but with this new rule where it, it it's not like before where even if you win the challenge you don't get another challenge like yeah you have to be precise with your challenges when that's the rule but if you get your challenge back when you win at a certain point when there's two minutes left in the game you just fucking use it on anything on anything close you just use it unless the timeout situation is dire um it's shocking that he's so reluctant to use the challenge like and he has a good success rate with them too like when he uses them like he's usually like getting them reversed like the calls reversed or things in our favor the, the the way i always think of this is like if you if there's an obvious call that's wrong if it let's say it's like a a foul that costs you two points right two points is huge like i know that sounds stupid to say but like two po- like think about how point spreads two points is fucking massive it's huge saving two points is huge so if you have an opportunity to save two points and you don't do it because of some hypothetical maybe situation that could arise in the fourth quarter. Like it, that's just dumb, man. Like saving points whenever they, whenever it occurs matters. Like they're like, it's, it's a 48 minute game. So if you save three points in the first quarter, guess what? That might just be as valuable as saving three points with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like that's, that's the point. And, and like, like, this is why the and this is why NFL coach do NFL coaches hold on to challenges until like six minutes left in the third quarter, like in the fourth quarter. Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. Now I could use my challenges. No, because fucking the game is X. It's a finite period of time. So you like the, these are set values. It's wow. not like it's not some like hypothetical situation. You you can't figure out what the value of these things is. So it, that that'll always drive me nuts. Um, By the way, Bradley Beal is like taking a huge shit on the Lakers right now. Holy shit, the Lakers can't guard a soul. <laughs> uh, this is this is the uh, this is the portion of the season where LeBron gets in his feelings until a trade is made. Um and It's like, then, bro, you it's like you made the sandwich, dude. You yeah, made and, the sandwich. Right, but so on the just, subway? Yeah, you you just have to wait until after the trade deadline and all of a sudden uh LeBron will still put up the same exact numbers he's putting up now, but they will be winning those minutes by like 70 points every game. Um, because yeah, it's like, bro, how do you hate the sandwich? You made it like every year he does it. What well, can we talk about why Tyrese is really obsessed with his sandwich analogy? What are your thoughts on this, Tyrese? <laughs> what? What do I you think it. about Sam's Tyrese or sandwich analogy? I... Bro, it's, like, it's, it's a running joke on social media. <laughs> It's the it's the thing with Kevin Durant, you know. Kevin Durant he makes his sandwich every year, and it's the it's the subway what? meme. Yeah, it's he, the subway he meme. Is the have you guys have you guys really not seen the subway meme? Sam no. Sam's not. Oh, it's a very it's a very it's I, it's one that's used with Kevin Durant all the time. Every time he acts out of a super team, it's like, bro, you I feel, made the team. Like, I feel like Steve the the Steve Buscemi picture right now. How's it going, young kids? You know, like I've got the backpack on. You know, I'm 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 hip, I'm hip with the kids and the memes and stuff. <laughs> um man i i was so pissed i really wanted um the knicks to win this just because of this stat um and i saw that clip that was going around today of Kyrie saying i love beating the knicks and i was like we got something for you tonight and lo and behold the knicks 
I wrote I wrote a check for the Knicks that they just couldn't cash for me. I just okay, so I, have, I, I, I have a I have a question for you guys. Am yeah. I the only one? So Kyrie has the ball. The Knicks are down one. They're they have this huge comeback on, and huge part of it is they've been sending doubles at Kyrie. Am I the only one who, when that possession started, got flashbacks to Alfred Payton waving off the double? Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! I was like, "Is OG gonna do it? Is he gonna wave off the Julius Randle double like Elf did?" That's legitimately one of the funniest things that's ever happened in Knicks history. Oh my God! Also, like I gotta say, I just want to throw this out there because. Um, he, I, I, I did say he played a terrible defensive first half, um, but I thought Randall was really good with those traps. Like he was executing those really well. Um, there was actually one where they tried to screen him, um, and he like saw the screen and and popped out higher to to deny it. So uh, I just wanted to shout him out for that because I thought he played really well in the second half. Unfortunately, uh, he did not do so hot. Uh, <laughs> defensively in the first half by the way that fucking charge call that they called the second one the one that they called on Jaden hardy that call was garbage man that was a garbage call also the non-call on what you call it um josh green just trucking jalen that was that was nuts uh and then there was also also, divincenzo was also like yeah There, there was also one in the first half where Randall went up and they thought Randall was complaining and they were like, Oh, the entire bench is up. They weren't complaining about a foul. They were complaining because it was an obvious fucking goaltend. Like it came off the glass and Marcus Morris, the, the uh, monster five that we needed pressure <laughs> on the chew on the floor for uh, came over and blocked it. So like, it, it, it's just, man. And then man, like I, I, green, I, green again, really, really had his PBA card out throughout tonight. He, he was, he, he like, he was so close to just being like the refs are like, this is really bad officiating for him. But he had to like waffle he and said he like, on both sides. Yeah. Very yeah, he, all lives matter. Yeah. He did, say, he did. He did the both sides thing. And then he also said like, he was also like, look, it's really hard. It's, it's really tough on these guys. I'm like, you are like, yeah, you're a fucking cop, bro. Like, <laughs> get your fucking badge out of here, dude. It was ridiculous. Like, it just oh, it's you're okay. backing the blue. <laughs> it's it's okay to just call a, a bad officiated game a bad officiated game. Like, nobody, it's fine. And, yeah, and I just, he's become such a Republican. He's hanging out with Wally and, and Ahan way too dude, much. Dude, that Clyde was looking like Clyde was fucking commenting like a liberal today because he was just homering it the fuck up. And for some ever reason. Mike Green is just like, you know... Green's been hanging out with Wally and Han too much. I'm telling y'all. It's that Republican. He's been hanging out with Doris Burke too much. That's his problem. <laughs> the, deuce, the, the deuce fell on Hardy was crazy. The other one that was insane was that Grant Williams one at the end of the first half where he like... Like, dude, he just runs in front of Brunson who's trying to like Being get ahead fat. of steam. Yeah, he's like trying to get ahead of steam because there's 2.3 seconds left, right? So he's trying to get ahead of steam, like catch... Like he wants to receive the ball as he's running, right? And Grant Williams gets to this path. First, they call a double foul, which was stupid enough, which was <laughs> dumb enough. But I was like, all right, double foul, like, we get the ball still, whatever, I'll take that. Then they get together, and then, then they're like, oh, no, actually, it's an offensive foul. Like, get the fuck out of here. I, Grant Williams, Three is, the, he is the biggest piece together. of shit. I fucking hate that guy. He's built he's, like a fucking baked potato. I fucking he's, hate him. he's built like a fucking, just a sack of shit stacked fucking six four that weighs 320 he should be a defensive tackle for like the fucking 
Edmonton Argonauts or some fucking yeah. CFL he, team. He's just there. a fucking. He's a fucking geek who's built like a double fudge Sunday. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> double fudge Sunday. Just nothing. Just fucking lumps everywhere. Like get the fuck out of here, man. God, he was very annoying tonight. He's always annoying. He's like he was like born annoying. He's literally <laughs> born to be annoying. He's just a fucking loser. He has the fucking. Did y'all see that Riz- clip of him with T- Taylor Rooks? By the way, yeah, like, like yeah, at least he pro- at least he provided himself. that because the the replies to that interview are like literally the funniest thing in the entire world. Like, just go if you're if if you're bored, just grab a six pack of beer and read that thread, and then you'll you'll have a fucking good night, man. Like a yeah, really good night. He has the fucking charisma of a hall monitor. I just <laughs> hall monitor. A hall monitor. That's crazy. God. Um, okay, loser. so that, to to talk about actual basketball here for a second. <laughs> Schwinn brought up Schwinn brought up uh, Markeith Morris playing center, and I just want to dispel one myth. Tibbs is, and, and this isn't to counter what Schwinn's point was, because I still agree with Schwinn's point, but just for a slightly different reason. Tibbs isn't playing uh, paint-bound centers, rim-protecting centers like Mitch and Hardenstein and quote-unquote Precious Achua all the time because he wants like them to match up with opposing centers because he's afraid of getting bullied for the most part, obviously against like Embiid and Jokic, he is afraid of that. He s- sticks with them because he's afraid of losing at the point of attack and the guards just getting nonstop layups. Like if Julius Randle is the only big, he's afraid of the guards penetrating and getting layups. He, he wants that last level of defense. The problem is when you have a lineup like the one they had with Grant Williams at center, the Mavericks weren't getting layups they were just getting un- <laughs> relentless threes. And so when that's happening, when you're you're not switching everything, when you're losing at the point of attack and the Mavericks are just creating open three after open three, the benefit of going small with them is that you can switch everything and take away the threes. Yes, you might seed some layups. Like Tibbs would say, okay, well, this layup we just gave up wouldn't have happened if Isaiah Hardenstein was, 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 was on the court. Guess fucking what, dude? All those threes that you gave up wouldn't happen if you had a smaller lineup. So you can't only have it one way. You don't get to say, oh, I have this guy out here because God forbid they give up an extra layup or two. You would much rather give up a sort of contested layup with Julius Randle meeting them at the rim than never ending open threes. In today's day and age, the letting the whole other team get into rhythm and giving up all these open three after open threes, that's worse. Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I always see people be like, oh, my God, they don't even have a center. Why are we not going small? And it's like, let's watch the game, and if the team is getting to the rim all the time because your point of attack defense is bad, okay, I'm fine with having that last layer of defense. If the team is just launching away from three, it doesn't fucking matter who's at the rim. Like, it, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, by the way, new Josh Hart EPM numbers just dropped. Uh, <sighs> that he's now in the 32nd percentile uh, in EPM with a robust minus 2.9. Uh, he is in the 24th percentile now offensively uh, and the 63rd percentile defensively. Um, he's a negative now on both ends, minus 2.9 on offense, slight negative on defense, minus 0.1. Uh, tonight was honestly was one of his worst defensive performances of the season. There was a play in the first half where he made Jaden Hardy. Like I was like, like Jaden Hardy just blew by him. And I'm like, is he prime Russell Westbrook now? Like, what the fuck was that? Um I don't know what's up with him, but like, it's like he had that. Was it against Philly that he played like a fucking absolute man possessed that the Philly game that Josh Hart had? Um, yes. And, and like, it's like he did that. And then since then he's gone back to a lot of just like, you know, 
that game brought him however many, you know, games left that he needs, you know, to still remain Thibs' favorite. He, oh, he's always going to have these games where, you know, it refreshes that card for him. He's just always going to see what reinforces what he already knows to be true. We we already know this about Tibbs. Like, he literally talked about OG Ananobi and being like, I think net rating is the most important thing, and OG Ananobi's net rating through four games is amazing. He had four years of evidence with another person whose net rating was always the best on the team, and that never fucking mattered. The only reason he's now trying to act smart and be like, oh yeah, I care about on-off like net rating, yada yada, is because he already decided in his head before the trade that OG Ananobi is really good, which is correct. OG Ananobi is really good, but it's like the the analysis isn't consistent. Like I guarantee you right now, the deuce minutes are so ridiculous because over a small sample, the net, the on-off stuff is terrible. And so it's like, oh, this reinforces why I already know deuce can't play big minutes. Just gotta play Jalen Brunson an absurd amount yeah. of minutes every night. The, 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 the front office, where he's just the front office has to get me a guy. It's on the right. front office now. And 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 Schwinn talks about this all the time. The front office is going to acquiesce. They're going to get him a ball handler. The more we do this, it's like, what is even the point of tips? Like, this is like, the, he's basically making himself, red, I don't even want to say redundant, but just like, what is the point? He's like, oh, if I don't have Jalen Brunson and someone who's sort of like Jalen Brunson behind him, I'm just going to play Jalen Brunson 48 minutes a night. Like, you're a move front office. And it's like, dude, if any team had two Jalen Brunsons, they'd be fucking awesome and they could figure it out. Like, your job is to figure out how to play Jalen Brunson a reasonable amount of minutes so he's ready for the playoffs and then figure out what to do when he's off the court. Playing Jalen Brunson 42 minutes a night and then being like, oh, my God, these six minutes aren't working. Get me somebody else is preposterous. <laughs> By the way, tonight, I just got to say this because this is actually like this even makes this really makes it hilarious to me. <laughs> Brunson played 39 minutes. Randall played 37. Hartenstein played 32. And he still started in that fourth quarter. Pretty sure Hartenstein didn't come in until like. Like two uh, or three minutes in. Yeah. Like it's it just, ridiculous. Dude, if you're not going to have Brunson or Randall on the floor, at least give them Hartenstein. At least give them something that gives them a fucking chance. And it's just, it's just, it's so dumb to me because look, I'll say this too. Like I love, I love quickly, right? If you put quickly in these lineups with Deuce, yeah, he might just like make them somehow somewhat functional because like he has this knack of doing that, but we'd still be like, these lineups suck. Like these are not good lineups. The problem isn't, it, yes, part of the yes, part of the totality of the five man lineup. The issue is yes, Deuce is not a capable initiator of offense in this moment in time i agree with that but like oh him hitting spot up threes doesn't mean that we don't need to get another guard <laughs> correct uh He's shooting so well from three though come on man to like, everyone that was in my mentions after that tweet <laughs> but but also like is okay so deuce isn't good at these things okay he's not good at this thing right now why are you putting him in lineups that will exacerbate that like they it will be exacerbated. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Just, Dibs loves that. It's so fucking dumb. It's so frustrating. What did Deuce? What? How many minutes did Deuce even play tonight? Uh, nine? Deuce played nine. 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 Played nine. nine times. Uh, <laughs> if you know that reference, pour yourself a drink. Um, but I, I just I don't know. I, I the, the Deuce thing is weird because again, like I just can't get over the fact that. Before IQ was traded, whenever Deuce did play, it was basically with another point guard on the floor. And now, and now he can only well, Schwinn, play. Schwinn, they have point another guard. point guard on the Schwinn, They have another point guard on the floor. Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. He can do everything. 
Josh Hart needs to do it all. Please, please. I, I gotta be. I gotta be Ashwin. The more games like this happen, the more your whole the front office should just call Tibbs' bluff and and be like, dude, this roster is good enough. If you're actually gonna stick a bench unit out there with Precious Achua and Deuce McBride in playoff games hang yourself you know like like do that do that please like no no no. i I didn't mean mean like that sam i meant like that would be hanging yourself so by all means yeah i I didn't mean i I would never i know i would never joke about that yeah Um, i know it's 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 he's and the thing is like this is what always drives me nuts because when you criticize tips for that there'll always be people that are like well this guy didn't play well and it's like Yes, I fucking know that, dude. Like, I'm not saying he played well. My point is, this lineup sucked. Like, that is it. You can, all, yes, I understand. And maybe league. that lineup sucking contributed to why that player played bad. Like, it's it's actually unfathomable to me, unfathomable to me, to have watched that game six in Miami and see. I I cannot. I will always go back to this because it is the most ridiculous thing I've watched. The Knicks are up 30 to 19, I think, at the end of that first quarter. He starts the second quarter with Deuce, RJ, Hart, Obi, Hartenstein on the floor. In in an elimination game on the road, must win, gotta have its spot. He watches that lineup do absolutely nothing, which was surprising to exactly nobody other than him. Uh, they piss away the lead. And by the time he brings in Brunson and Randall, or Brunson, I don't know if he brought in one or both. By the time he does that, I think they were down one. And it's like, if he's going to do that in a game six on the road against Miami, he will do it again. It does not matter the line. It, it does not matter if you get him Malcolm Brogdon, right? Let's say you get a Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. He's got Malcolm Brogdon now. He will at some point put out a stupid fucking lineup because he cannot help himself. He can't help himself. And I, I'll, I'll even, I'll even posit this. I would guess that right now he has some kind of, minutes limit going around of like i can't play brunson or randall more than like 39 i can't play them 40 minutes or or something right now and so because of this he will make like he will he will he loses track of it in game and then he'll come out and he probably the, the fucking fourth quarter the third quarter ended and he's probably like fuck i can't play randall or brunson the entire fourth quarter what do i do i guess i'll just have to fucking play this lineup with nobody that can create on the floor right now and like buy them four minutes so that then they can come in with eight thirty left and then they can close the entire game. And it's so fucking silly. It just, I, it, it drives me nuts. I, I can't stand it. And um, like tonight is just one of those nights where, you know, yeah, Randall did not have a good defensive game. Brunson, I thought his decision-making to start the game was really, really bad. OG was weirdly bad defensively to start the first, the first half. Um, he was really good in the second half. Though. It's like no one, it's like they all collectively were like yeah, in they a just, non-locked-in move. Yeah, D- DiVincenzo actually I thought was maybe the Knicks' best player tonight in terms of like consistency over the full game. Um, Hartenstein had a slow start. I couldn't really t- – I don't I don't really know if that he was playing badly or if Dallas was just like very, very locked in on him. I actually think it was the latter. So maybe kudos to Dallas on that. Um, I mean, Hartenstein like, just I, – I, I'll tell you what it is, Schwinn. Hartenstein went from being like a god to just being normal, pr- good Isaiah Hartenstein, yeah. and and it was jarring because it was like, wait, wait a second, he, he yeah, hasn't wait, been. Why yeah, is it? Like, what happened? To, what? Why aren't you Hakeem Olajuwon again? Right, um, exactly. But, but like, and like, you know, look, I thought, I thought, I, I'm not even going to judge Deuce because, like, I, anybody that's like, why isn't he being more aggressive offensively? Like, 
Where do you want him to get the touches in this offense? Like, he's clearly, yes, he's uh, clearly, he's clearly not empowered to to do it. I actually thought it was. I mean, this we're judging on a nine minute sample. I actually thought it was cool that he missed that first corner three and then immediately fired the next time down. To me, that said a lot about his character and mentality. I was like, okay, he believes in himself and he's just he's not afraid of missing once. Grimes did the same thing. I think that's showing a little bit of mental progress. I actually think he runs a better pick and roll than he's given credit for, like the times I've seen it. And I think that if specifically when he plays with Julius, if Julie, if somebody, whether it's an assistant coach, Julius or do somebody was just like, okay, Julius, you're the guy you're going to get most of the touches, but we're going to get you the touches this way in a way that lets Deuce like initiate the offense and maybe potentially brings other people into the mix I think that would be a way to further his development as the season goes on in a way that doesn't lower their floor in the meantime. Like what's happening now in these Julius Node Brunson minutes, the numbers are staggering and like the film backs it up. It's just like Julius, like all the stuff that people say about Julius and like, again, nothing bad to say about him tonight, nothing bad to say about him the last two months. But like in those minutes, it's like, okay, he's like, it's my time, you know, like, and he, he just goes from like playing within the team to doing whatever we're seeing in those minutes, and it just so, hasn't been good. So I, I think it's twofold. I think one, he doesn't trust Deuce yet, which is reasonable. Um, and then two, I'm pretty sure Tibbs doesn't trust Deuce yet. So he's not, he's not calling like he hundred percent. Whatever we like, it was very annoying to see the things he would do with Quick, where like Hart was bringing the ball up, but then they would have IQ come around the screen from the far side. But it was a, it was clear that that, that was like a designed thing they were doing to get IQ kind of going downhill or whatever, right? So it was obvious that he was running plays for quick. It is obvious to me he is not running plays for Deuce. None. Like, if he's running a play for Deuce, it is go spot up in the corner and this play is for you to get a corner three. It's not like, oh, I want you to run this pick and roll right here. That's not what he's trying to do with Deuce. And I understand, like, I yes, it's, it, it's a hard balance because you're trying to win games. And you also need to bring this player along. I, I get that it's a it's a fine balance, but it's hard for Deuce, right? And I, I think that's just part of the growing pains you're gonna have to deal with for right now. Um, but you know, like I don't like a lot, nobody really played that exceptionally well today, right? There were guys that had bursts. Randall and Brunson had bursts in the second half. Um, whatever. I, I we don't need to go down the list. It's just like sometimes you need your coach to to be the difference and to help you find your way and to help you find the margins and win the edges. And I just think Tibbs is what Tibbs is good at is keeping guys committed, giving you baseline structure on either end of the floor. Um, like he, I, I think he's, I think his macro level thinking of like, what are the margins we need to win are generally like correct even if I don't agree with all his processes getting there. Like, I think the ideas that he has, broadly speaking, are fine. Um, but in a game like tonight where, yeah, your, your best guys don't have it to start the game and the defense isn't locked in and X guy, like, you know, Hartenstein gets into some foul trouble and whatever. Like, he he does not have it in him to find the edge consistently. And now that the bench, like... A lot of times his solution in these moments would just be play quickly more. 
It would oh oh like I get I oh shit it's not work the starters don't have it tonight We're, I I got to I guess quickly's gonna have to play more tonight and guess what that would work a lot because quickly was really good but now that you don't have that type of spark plug off the bench and I know I I still think Josh Hart will be fine in the long run and I I I don't I don't fully buy the like how bad he is by EPM this year I do think it makes a point um I think he's been more close to like. An, an average guy like a 50th percentile guy which isn't necessarily high praise um but like you don't have that x factor off the bench now and so you you need sometimes a little bit more from your coach than let me just bring in x guy off the bench like you need him to do something more than that change the context of what is what is happening like like and he finally did it towards the end of the game so you know that he does fundamentally understand that some, like to some degree, yeah, I could probably trap Kyrie here. It's not like he doesn't understand that. He just didn't want to do it. He's being stubborn. Um, and okay, let's read some comments. Flo- Floyd Patterson Jr. says, "Thank you, Jeff, for saying that about quickly's net rating after Tibbs praised OGs. I thought I was the only one who saw the hypocrisy in that statement." Yeah, I mean, look, he said it earlier in the year, right, to justify benching uh, Evan. So. Um, I think Patrick Cannon here maybe is uh, double posting. OG got cooked tonight. Uh, I thought he got cooked in the first half. Second half, I thought Kyrie just made some tough shots on him, but I thought his defense was pretty effective. Also, you'll never guess who had the highest plus minus on the team today, guys. OG. Was it OG? OG. Yeah, it was OG. OG was plus 14. He's the new IQ that we do every night. We got the new IQ. New (laughs) IQ just dropped. Uh, He was plus 14 in 39 minutes tonight. And just just for like some context, he was plus fourteen in thirty nine minutes. Julius Randle minus one. Isaiah Hart and in thirty seven minutes. Isaiah Hartenstein minus seven in thirty two minutes. Brunson plus eight in thirty nine. Divincenzo minus six and thirty. McBride minus twelve and nine. Josh Hart minus eleven and twenty three. Quentin Grimes minus eight and fifteen. Precious Chua plus three and sixteen. Like. I, I yes, he did not have the greatest game of all time tonight. He was one of six from three. Would have loved to see him cash in a couple of those corner threes in the fourth, but he's out. When he's out there, things seem to be happening for the Knicks on their favor. So, um, you know, that last three he took was preposterous, though. Like I'm sure, I'm sure the play was for him to shoot there, but there was enough time where he could have audibled and been like, "Okay, I'm covered. Let's swing and." You know, like they're they're de- they're down four with 17 seconds left or whatever. It's not like they needed to shoot in that moment. They could have. I don't know. I just I was not a fan of that shot. I agree. I, with all I, your I also I, I don't know why the fucking why that was. Why was the play have Divincenzo get the ball, have him drive baseline, kick it to OG? In the, like we don't fucking draw up any place for Divincenzo to dribble. All of a sudden, we're asking him to do like some Kyrie. Uh, high wire act on the on the baseline to set up an OG corner three. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um, Shwin, can I? Shwin, can I, I? I have a hypothesis about the Josh Hart EPM stuff. I think what EPM is capturing is the negative impact his three point shooting has on team offense. I th- I th- if I had to guess what EPM is trying to say, like tonight he drew. Tonight he turned what should have been an open three into an offensive foul because he just didn't want to shoot like stuff like that is so much more harmful than missing an open three or like, I don't know, missing a two, you know, like that's literally one of the most detrimental things you can do is turning up 
whatever the points per possession on an open three is into a turnover. That's that's brutal. And when Josh Hart is only shooting 2.83s per game or whatever, and he's shooting less than 33%, um, that sucks, especially when your coach is playing you at shooting guard sometimes, which I don't get at all. I mean, that lineup has done well, but I don't understand how it's sustainable at all because I have to imagine teams are going to be like, oh, Josh Hart is shooting guard. Okay. We're going to figure that they out. They weren't defending uh, him. They were like the lineup with him and Precious was insane. Like it's not, again, it's not just that that lineup had no shot creation. It's that you literally had, they were not paying attention to Precious and they were not paying attention to Josh Hart. So you're playing three on five now on offense with three guys who can't create in terms of Deuce, uh, Quentin Grimes, and OG Ananobi. Like there's no chance for that lineup to, to succeed short of God mode defensive stretches, which maybe is not beyond them, but like it's just an insane expectation to have. Uh, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying about Josh Hart. I just think it's a little bit excessive, but I, I also take it for what it is in the sense of like, there's no denying it. I, I don't like, I know the raw net rating for him looks pretty good, but like he, to me, he's been very clearly not the impact guy he was last year. And it's not just that he's not been as good. He's been downright mediocre to say the least. Um, and, and what makes it more frustrating is that, it's like, like he's trying, like Tibbs keeps trying to like squeeze him into these lineups and rotations and and make it work. And it's like, dude, maybe it's just not going to work right now, and you just need to like dial it back and dial somebody else's up, and there'll be a point in the season where maybe you know Divincenzo stops shooting like Steph Curry from three, and you need to find a way to get Josh Hart going again, and you can go back to him and you can dial up his minutes then. Um, like it, it doesn't need to be this way. There's no reason for him. There was absolutely no reason for him tonight, especially in that fourth quarter when you're trailing and he was shooting like absolute shit for him to come out, for him to stay in the game and Grimes to go out was so, that was so just dumb. That was just flat out stupid. Um. So, yeah. Oh man. Dude, <laughs> somebody posted <laughs> somebody posted George Steinbrenner in hell seeing Marcus Stroman with a do-rag on Yankee Stadium and then posted the Tony Soprano having a heart attack <laughs> that is such a questionable signing fuck man that is such a questionable uh, signing the next I swear like three times a day I see something on the internet where I'm just like please never get rid of please just let it stay forever it's just too funny today's today's example of that was everything in the grant williams taylor rooks interview i was just i was literally i was literally reading every reply just cackling it was so fucking funny oh my god um zmp zmp 323 says johnny bryant when um i bring this comment up to bring up emmanuel quickly's of course amazing players tribune um letter slash article to um the fans of new york um what a great guy manuel quickly is great player great guy um sucks that he's gonna be on the raptors playing well definitely not a fan of that but good to see him have a chance to really do what we all on this panel have envisioned him doing um and it was it was really great to see him mention the boston game um because like i think that's like every single emmanuel quickly fan slash nick fans like favorite game from like the last like two to three years i want to say or like even beyond that i would say 
Um, but it was great that he kind of has a pulse on the fan base as well. Um, and, you know, it was just great to see that, you know, <clears throat> a player that we all embraced, embraced us as well. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, it read really authentic. It was sweet. Um, and it kind of sewed up or tied a bow on, I mean, this stupid loss aside, I think all Knicks fans should feel really good about having OG and an OB on the team. Um, and should the dividends of the idea that Ananobi is a superior fit uh, to RJ Barrett in the starting lineup, and that what quickly was bringing was there were all there were a lot of diminishing returns. There was some redundancy. We were never going to be able to maximize quickly. So if getting somebody like Ananobi is the cost, you know we can agree or disagree the extent of how happy we can be, or even if we're going to be happy, but it's happened, it's done. And the fact that there are no hard feelings on quickly's end. And he's like, you know, I grew up here. I loved it. I love the fans. That was really nice to see because he was beloved by most of Nick's fans. And, you know, I, I hope that nobody's now a Raptors fan, but I do, you know, him and RJ, you know, it's when they're not playing the Knicks, it's okay. It's okay to just be like, I hope they do well. I hope I wish him and RJ the best in the future. And mostly I wish the Knicks the best in the future, you know? So it was nice to get some closure on that whole situation. Definitely. Um, yeah, it was, it was a nice letter. It actually read like one that was actually written by him, which is not the case for most of the players trivia and things I've ever read. Um, I thought, some of the stuff he wrote in there about Johnny Bryant was really nice about Julius Randall um, was really nice too. The West anecdote to start it was hilarious. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it was just a nice piece and like gives it kind of closure, like you said. Um, but, you know, I think it's stupid for fans to care about stuff like that. We shouldn't care about our favorite. Why players. didn't he give us a thank you note on IG, bro? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was it was nice. Swin, cool. how dare we care about things like basketball and emotions and favorite yeah. players and this mundane thing yeah. we call life? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was cool though, and um, you know, I I I have like I've I've not I don't think I have I've not held anything against OG. It's not like he asked like to be traded for Emmanuel quickly or something. And he's been really good. And again, tonight, like he didn't even have his best game, but his impact was still felt something again. Like, I just think he's one of these guys where it's like, when he doesn't have a good game, your, your team is still able to play well with him on the floor. Um, that's a talent and that's a skill. It's an ability. Um, but yeah, like, you know, um, it was just, it was nice to, for kind of quick to have his little, farewell to to the Knicks and to thank you know he thanked the fans too which I think was a really nice touch because you know like Jeff said he was definitely a, a big fan favorite um I think you know I, I've mentioned this you know I've talked about this a lot I think there was always like a special kind of energy in the garden when he was uh when he was starting to get his shit going and um it's been cool to see him like keep his kind of you know like this team is still really fun. Like leaving aside today, you know, they're, they're probably, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to kick a lot of teams asses looking forward to that. Um, but like in terms of just like 
fun, like a guy, a player who is a fan favorite and like plays with joy and all that stuff. Like it's not, I don't know if there's really anybody on this team that plays like that in with the, with the way that uh, the charisma and kind of like some of that. Yeah. Like that joy that quickly played with, which was its own unique dynamic. Um, that doesn't obviously mean like they're in the, though they can't succeed. You can't win a championship. Like, you know, that's, that's definitely not the case, but um, there was something special about how he played and, and kind of like, especially for this fucking team um, that had sucked for so long. And it's like our big joy would be like, I don't know, like Frank coming in and hitting like a couple threes or something. Um, it, it was a big departure. And, you know, um, I think more so than, than RJ for sure. Uh, I think quick helped turn things around. Like he was a real f- driving factor in, in the success of the team while he was here. And, um, you know, again, just nice for him to, to write that out. And uh, it was received really well too. I think fans really appreciated that. And that's, you know, I, 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 I for wherever he goes in his career, I think, you know, uh, Emmanuel quickly will always be good. Uh, he'll always be good at Dykeman as, as the kids say. Um, that's great and all, but what the fuck is he going to do with this jersey that I bought for him? I need a refund, bro, like immediately. That's a classic jersey now. Yeah, get a frame, loser. <laughs> I got I got, I got, got a solution for you, Tyrese. Uh, I don't know if you saw, speaking of good things, but Sam finally got off the schneid of his unlucky streak with betting, <laughs> and he finally won a parlay. So maybe Sam could, ju- Sam could just loan you the money, you know? Like, fucking mad. <laughs> First of all, this fucking foot fetish freak over here. Wow. Wow. Is wow. Like, first of all, you need to apologize for that because that is a wild ass tweet you had earlier. But anyway. It wasn't even wild. There's been wilder tweets tweeted. You're you're married, bro. You can't be tweeting like that. Alright. You're anyway. tired from that, bro. Anyways. <laughs> Look what I've done. Look what I've created. Look what just started bringing up my, my parlay is. <laughs> this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't supposed to be talked about until hour two of the podcast. I gotta say, Sam, you you must have a real talent because obviously, like, a bias is created when you win. Like, in, in your head, like, you're like, oh, that must have been a good bet because it won. But oftentimes, you bet something and the odds will be really long and I'll just be like, man, that just seems like so possible you know like it'll be like plus twenty thousand, and so i mean plus twenty thousand is like 0.05 percent or something like that like it's just incredible like it's incredibly unlikely to happen but then you look at the things and it's like yeah yeah you know like you can just see all those things happening so i don't know again i'm not like a professional sports better by any means but i do feel like you have a good you have a good feel for those uh putting together long shot parlays that feel like good prices it, it helps better when you're watching it and you're able to get a real like good idea of the game flow who's got momentum who's got things rolling who do you expect to get things rolling um did when you I, bet when that I, at halftime sam i placed i placed several bit, bets from halftime up until like i would i want to say the three minute mark on um three minute mark in the third quarter um just because like that was that was the point of the time where like the knicks made several runs of course um and i figured that either julius or 
Brunson or Botham were both going to have to have it going for the Knicks to have a chance. And I anticipated that they was going to play them as much minutes as possible to have a chance. And he did. Um, and if they were, if the Knicks were going to make things competitive, I anticipated that of course, Kyrie and Tim Hardaway were going to continue to do what they were doing. Cause they were the only guys scoring for the map. So just being able to watch the game and being able to just like get a sense of how things are going and how do you expect things to play out? You know, even if the odds are long for me, it's like, it can, it can always happen. Nice. Well, good work. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a good feel with these with Knicks games just because I, I watch the Knicks the most, of course, obviously, of all the NBA teams. So it's easier to get a pulse on them and who they're playing rather than like watching like some random like Pacers Hawks game or like, you know, whatever it is that's happening on like a Friday night that the Knicks aren't playing. But yeah um yeah um all right so let me see um mf axes this multi-layered question what's the next step if this still refuses to make timely adjustments like trapping Kyrie and playing randall at the five in the playoffs they can't keep rewarding him with pieces he wants like og then use the excuse that he doesn't have the adequate talent to compete with other teams in the conference when is it on the front office to make a change i mean this playoff is probably going to be like the referendum on him and if he can't win with this team especially if they get him a brockton at the deadline which i think they're going to do then it's i feel like it's up to him at this point so he he is he, he should have been fired at the end of last year's playoffs and if he repeats that type of idiotic performance against a quality playoff team like he did against miami he should be fired again whether he will or not i don't know but if he can't countenance the idea of flexibility with his lineups and rotations based on the dynamics of a game um, and not just the lineups and rotations, but also his tactical approaches that says something about him. And that's not just, it doesn't just say something. Oh, like he's not, it, we've seen this enough now for however many fucking years he's been the coach of the Knicks and the Timberwolves and the Bulls. These, there are fundamental things about him that are consistent and even when you think he's, oh, he's figured it out, he will revert probably at some point. Um, and that's just what it is. So I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that he performs extremely well in the playoffs and that the Knicks make a deep playoff run. But I do – I will continue to believe that, um, you know, like in Oppenheimer, where he's like, uh, until I see evidence of the contrary, I believe that Dr. Oppenheimer was loyal to this country. Uh, until I see evidence of the contrary, I will believe that the Knicks will not be a contender with Tom Thibodeau as head coach, unless they have some insane Golden State level of like overwhelming talent compared to their competition. I, I just think he will not win the margins that you need your coach to be. Not even just win, but at least control, minimize, mitigate, whatever you want to put it at. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no excuse. So he either does it or he does not. And we'll judge at that point for right now. All we can do is look at the games that we have and judge him on what he's doing in the regular season. And then watch the tape three times just to make sure we're saying the absolute right thing. Correct. And, and, and Schwinn, you said this on your pod with Stacy, but like you have to be truly open-minded and truly objective in analyzing this. And it's really hard because we only have so much information, but it's important to remember that like 
there are outcomes where the Knicks lose in the first round where Tibbs is like, where you can objectively say Tibbs did everything he could. And there are outcomes where they lose in the second round where it's like, Oh my God, like, okay, this proves that Tibbs like the, he did it again. You know, he, he was another one of his stubborn buzzer points wasn't pushed. And okay, <laughs> we've got, we've, we've, we've gone as far as we can go with this guy. Like you have to, you can't just be fully results oriented and be like, well, they lost in the first round. That must mean Tibbs sucked or, oh, well, they made it to the second round again. So how, who could have done better? It's like, no, it doesn't really work like that because a coach can only control so much. Yeah. Hmm. This is a good question here by Walcott Frazier. Who do you trust less in the playoffs? Tibbs or Julius? Tibbs. Tibbs. Um, the problem with this question is that like let's just say hypothetically i trust julius like five times more than tibbs it's still possible for julius to be more detrimental because players are just so much more important but i guess if we're viewing them as equal in terms of their impact i i would agree that the answer is tibbs especially how julius is playing now just with like his overall process and how he's viewing himself as an inside out player and i i do wish that he would shoot some of those in rhythm open threes. And I hope we get to a point where he is, but his determination to get into the paint and create offense that way. Like you saw it in the third quarter when he's rolling and he's confident and the shots are falling and he's getting inside the paint, all of a sudden shit opens up for this offense in a way it doesn't for anybody else. Um, even Brunson. Yeah. Wow. And I just, I, I want to say the only reason I say Tibbs is because I think there's, legitimate mitigating factors in like i don't fully believe that he was hurt thing last year to explain away all of his struggles in the playoffs but like i think that's a fair thing to bring up and the first year he was clearly just awful i also think this overmatched like the team that he had around him look if reggie bullock sucks (laughs) alfred payne sucks uh derrick rose that was like the last time he was good at basketball that was also the last time Nerlens Noel was good at basketball. Yeah, and he was not good. He was in that barely good at basketball. Yeah, he was there. terrible. Yeah, he was terrible in that series. Todd Gibson might have been like the Knicks' second best player or something in that series. Uh, Obi Toppin had like their His biggest. Moment. I was gonna say, was yeah. gonna say o- o- Obi might have been the second best player. Yeah, I don't. I, whoever it was, it's we don't need to debate that. It was a combination of IQ and Obi in their spurts. Yeah. But but um, like I think because of that, I, I get it. Tibbs has a long track record of his team's offense completely breaks down in the playoffs. That is his track record. You can go back to Chicago, you can go back to Minnesota, you can go back to wherever, even both of his times in New York. The defense usually turns up. The defense is usually fine. The offense is where his teams struggle all the time in the playoffs, regardless of talent, regardless of whatever. They completely fall apart. That's huge. Um, We'll see what happens, but... Forgetting who we trust less, I think the reality is these playoffs are very much make or break for both guys um, in terms yeah. of like, at least how I view it. I mean, I don't know. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not Leon Rose. Um, but like, I for me, if I were Leon, I would be viewing this as I have gotten you a star point guard. I have gotten you a big wing that protects you guys defensively that unlocks whatever the hell you want to unlock Tibbs. Like I've gotten both of you guys things that you need to be successful in the playoffs. Now you have to show me that my investment into those things 
warrants me investing in you further. And it's critical for both of them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, wow. The NBA today was really brutal. Next tape brings up the Blazers lost by 64 today, by the way. Yeah. they That, that team might be headed into uh it feels like they they're waiting for a trade to drop and that's just what it is um yeah the nba was brutal today by the way like just in general it's like watching it as a fan just that whole celtics bucks game was disgusting there wasn't the game so bad they like flipped the feed on like TV. yeah they changed they changed the game to our game Cause like they were like <laughs> enough of this bullshit that the Bucks and Celtics are doing. God, maybe we would have been the fourth seed tonight if we played with a semblance of urgency. Man, I'm so pissed. That's what happens, man. That's what happens when. What is going on over there? All right. <laughs> That time of the night. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at feet pictures. All right. <laughs> Sam said retweet. All right. All right. Tell you FBL FBL foot fetish. Um. Anyways, um, I guess we're up to this part of the 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 podcast tonight. Um, AD was breaking my parlay. I I didn't have any. I didn't have any hope. Huh? You don't get to complain. You don't get to complain tonight. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm literally about to say I did not have any hope in the Lakers parlays that I posted because the Lakers are ass. And if you hit two no tonight, hope. I would have been swinging. Sam, Sam just needs I to go get it. Sam just needs to go get a pedicure and he'll feel better tomorrow. Oh right, you know what? <laughs> um, Sam, you can you you can. Well, ah, man, never mind. It's a month away. I was gonna say that hotel room and dinner for you and your girl in a month. It's it's locked. It's locked in. You know, but. No, we still got a lot of parlays to play over this next month. <laughs> the F, yeah, so FBL stands for feet be lovely. All right. <laughs> All right. What the, what the fuck is All this feet right. thing today? What is what is you, happening? Bro, I posted a joke tweet today. That a was joke. Not a joke. I show you, I was a, a joke tweet. Kind that of. was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke uh-huh. tweet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Sam is a Sam is a dog lover. Sam didn't realize, I didn't realize that uh, the run dot down was a kink shaming post game. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam revealed that him and Rex Ryan have something in common. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what? So, like, Wait, when somebody's out, Sam, Sam has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez on his leg, too. Yes. Correct. I believe it. <laughs> Wait, Rex Ryan has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez on his leg? Yeah. That's yeah. legitimately insane. <laughs> of you know, all the quarterbacks to tattoo on you, Mark Sanchez was the one. All right, so question when like an at when athlete's foot. When you hear all right. foot, what is, how does that think you all right? You know what? <laughs> I am ignoring all of this. Connor Pearson Ward says, We'll be free walk, so feet be lovely can run. Good. <laughs> Wall Clyde Fraser says Tibbs has a tattoo of Josh Hart. It's like now it's he if we're if we're gonna like bet. Probably has a tattoo of of Derrick Rose, or Taj Gibson. No, yeah, Taj, maybe yeah, Taj, Taj, yeah, Taj, yeah, probably Taj. Taj is good. He definitely has one of those like voodoo dolls with Quickly's face on it in his house. That he just like throws <laughs> shit at when he gets home. Like, you know, <laughs> why is he scored twenty? Oh my god, I had to play him again. Fucking a. <laughs> 
Fuck he's so reading. small. Fuck he's so reading. small. <laughs> okay, so, so Sam, if I said the court is 94 feet long and 50 dog, feet wide. Dog, and dog, long... so, oh my god. <laughs> so you start look sweating? At, yeah, if you look at him drinking that water there. Wow, okay. Maurice, are you allowed to kink shame behind an avatar? That's just, that's that seems like, you know, not even playing fields here. I what mean, do you got going on over there? Uh... That's <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have much. I, I, I genuinely don't. Do we talk about like, the next matchup? Who's the next? Who's who's the next? The next they play Memphis, Memphis Saturday night. Is that at Memphis? I will no. say because yeah, they lost this. Because they lost this game, I, I, I'm not worried about them having like a, a lap. This was. They will be ready to go against Memphis. I mean, the Grizzlies are also like very hobbled at this point. Like Jaws out. Marcus Smart is out. Um, J- Triple J was out. out. He was out the last game. So was Santi Aldama. They might both be out for this game as well. Um, so we could be playing like a skeleton Grizzly squad, most likely. Wait, J- Jaron Jackson? Yeah, yeah he, he was, was out, out the last game. game. How the fuck did they beat Dallas in Dallas? Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart went crazy. This is this is also this is kind of the point, right? Of like the NBA regular season is long. Things are weird. Things happen. Guys are going to have hot shooting nights. Yeah, it's a lot of this was like it's a confluence of like like you've said, man, like Jeff, you said this, right? Hartenstein did not play like God mode Hartenstein. Randall and Brunson had like some weird funky starts to the game. Tibbs did not coach a great game. So like you had all these things have to come together and you lost a game by four where like the Mavericks were on fire in a lot of ways. Kyrie hit shots like, look, you can say whatever you want about Tibbs not trapping, but like I was fine with him. I, I'm I'm always generally okay playing that game to a certain point. I just thought that point should have arrived much sooner in the last five minutes. But like Kyrie hit shots that you're just like, okay. Tim Hardaway Jr. hit a bunch of bullshit. Like it happens. So, you know, um, they'll probably make it back at some point and we'll move on from this. But I don't, I don't think there's a, like, a, I wouldn't be too worried or concerned about anything we saw tonight. They just had a weird game. Fuck, we gotta face the dude. Great I was, I was literally about Sam. I was literally about to say, I swear to God, that Vince Sam, Williams will have the game of his life. <laughs> yeah, he's the Sam candidate of next game. Like he's gonna hit five threes. You, you should throw him in all parlays if they even post his lines. Because like, who the hell is Vince Williams to have Fanduel lines? He's been, I, think, I mean, I think, I think EPM likes him a lot. Let me check again. But I think he's been. I heard he's. I heard he's been a, like a really impactful player. I just I yeah, Vince Williams is coming on. Vince Williams is in the 69th percentile in EPM, uh, but he's nice. in the 90, he's in the 90, nice. he's in the 94th percentile in defensive EPM for whatever. Yeah, that I makes think, sense. I think he also has a very ro- been really happy about he, him. He, he has a very robust uh, 11.8 usage, by the way. Well, it's about yeah, to he, skyrocket. I mean, he's shooting he's shooting almost six threes per 75 possessions. And he's shooting 35% on those threes. So, like, he's a fine shooter. He's just bad at everything. Right now, he's just bad at everything else offensively. He'll just so that's, ex- that's exactly the type of player that for us to stick Jalen Brunson on and hit hit open threes because uh, he's playing us. Um, but, yeah, his defense. Uh, don't really worry. I'm, Josh Hart, will, he'll, he'll figure it out. <laughs> he'll figure it out. So what about Josh Feet? Right. Dude, <laughs> man, Sam, Sam, Sam's probably in the call. Bridges' big ass clown feet. 
what <laughs> this is insane now <laughs> oh my god but anyways um i mean yeah the grizzlies are gonna be super hobbled um we should be able to take care of business even if vince williams is the game of his life if him and desmond bain are dropping five threes each i think we can hopefully outlast that do you think like, Sam's favorite moment in NBA history was Kevin Durant's foot on the line, Tyrese? Oh, right. <laughs> you know what? I think this is a great place for us to end tonight. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. Wait till the Knicks were defeated. Make tonight. sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We just passed 1K subs, so make sure you guys help us get to 2K subs. Uh, for more content like this. Grizzlies game on Saturday. So make sure you guys are tuned in for that. And we'll catch you guys then. Peace out. Sam loves feet.